0: Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. 57
1: degrees sunshine as you get your Tuesday morning up and going. Looking like a generally sunny day despite a few afternoon clouds. High of 82. Tonight, cloudy skies with a low of 63. We welcome you back to Sports 56 Mornings. It is hour two of the program on this Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, the world's biggest spa sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Second hour of the program brought to you by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. I'll give you a The lowdown on James Gaddis Jewelers in just a few moments, but right now it's time for a little Humdinger's Trivia.
2: That is right. It's Tuesday. That means Taco Tuesday over at Humdinger's. $2 for those chicken and fish tacos all day, every single Tuesday over there. Of course, beyond the tacos... So many other great items on the menu, including the great grilled fish option. So many different grilled fish options with the fantastic toppings and sides that you can get with those. They've got the crispy fish and chips as well. They've got the chicken dishes. They've got sandwiches. They've got salads. All kinds of great stuff. Lots of healthy items on that menu over there at Humdinger's at Poplar and Massey. That's where you'll find them. And again, on Tuesdays, it's always Taco Tuesday. At Humdingers. If you are the first to answer today's trivia question correctly, then you'll get a $25 gift certificate to Humdingers. And you can answer the question via text on the Sports 56 listener line, 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. That is the number to text in your answer. And again, if you are first with the correct answer, that $25 gift certificate to Humdingers is yours. Here is the question. This past Sunday, Jamar Chase had a 63-yard touchdown reception. In just his third year in the league, Chase already has seven career touchdown receptions of 50 or more yards. The question is, who holds the record for the most career touchdown receptions of over 50 yards? Who holds the NFL career record for most Touchdown receptions of 50 or more yards. Text in those answers, 901-360-8255. First correct answer, we'll get that $25 gift certificate to Humdingers.
1: We opened up the show by obviously talking a lot about today being opening day in the National Hockey League. So we want to send uh, our best wishes to everyone out there for a happy Uh, Opening night in the National Hockey League. Three games, in fact, today. Triple header on ESPN. But not only is it opening night in the National Hockey League. Today, Eli, cross your fingers. Today could be the preliminary hearing for the Mikey Williams gun charges trial or case in San Diego. It's expected to happen today. It has only been postponed three times. Today. Fingers crossed they actually talk about this case in San Diego. Mikey Williams, who is still enrolled at the University of Memphis, certainly not a part of the basketball program at the moment and may never be a part of the program, but today is the day. Not sure exactly what time. It's out in San Diego, and uh, we'll see what happens as far as that's concerned, unless there is some uh, you know, late, late information again. That comes the way of the attorney for Mikey Williams and they postpone it.
2: He's got, I guess I'll have to skip class.
1: Oh, um, I, I, I think he can get Or Can out he of take
2: it. his computer to the courtroom and sit there and do his classwork?
1: No, he gets the, uh, the old Epstein uh, teacher's note from Welcome Back, Cotter. Right? They excuse Mikey from being in class today or being online in class because he has a court hearing going on. But uh, you know, all, all all joking aside, obviously it's a very serious situation for this young man. It has been postponed three different times, but today is the date for the preliminary hearing, just the preliminary hearing to take place uh, in his uh, gun charges deal out in San Diego. Also, a little bit of news from uh, off the court, off the field, if you will, in this situation. Uh, Sam Hardiman from the Daily Memphian reporting that there's a little stadium news today. The Memphis City Council is accepting the $350 million in stadium funds from the state. I think that was a mere formality. You're not going to turn the damn thing down. But um, Sam goes on to say it's very unlikely any of the $350 million is spent today. The city will put the money in an interest-bearing account. We have the new mayor that will take over in January. We have new councilmen that'll be in. But where we are as far as the stadium issue is concerned is beyond me. I have no idea. I don't know about this timetable. All I do remember is when Laird Beach was on with us several weeks ago, he talked about there being that deadline as far as having to get the information dispersed and, first of all, agreed upon, so they can stay on target with the date of when they want to get this refurbishment of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, this renovation, started. And here we are on October 10th, and we still don't know. Still don't, I still don't know if the Grizzlies have finalized uh, their plans for renovation. Do you have any idea where they are?
2: Uh, I am not sure um, exactly where they are as far as that is concerned. I, don't, uh, I'm not, not, I've, I do not know.
1: Yeah, and again, with with new politicians ready to take their seats, even though it won't be until January, I, I don't believe that would delay anything, but I, I don't know. I'm not a politician. I don't know how government works, but here we are still waiting to see what happens as far as the stadium is concerned, and we are sitting here on October 10th. There is some realignment news. Yes, there is. Once again, it has returned as Gonzaga, according to several reports, including my buddy Adam Zagoria, that uh, there have been discussions, more discussions and recent discussions with the Big 12 for Gonzaga to join as a basketball only member of the Big 12. In fact, uh, some reports out there say that probably in the next two weeks, there will be some sort of decision and announcement. Good luck to him. Thoughts? I don't know. I didn't didn't even think this was... When when I first saw the story the first time around, I thought it was ludicrous. Now, there was talks of Connecticut and Gonzaga, and I understand with your mark, he's very big into basketball. Uh, He understands the importance. I don't think he... He's not stupid. He doesn't believe that it's more important than football. But certainly believes there's a lot of value and the Connecticut conversation kind of dissipated very quickly, but the Gonzaga one is, ha- has kind of hung in there and it went away for a while and now it's back. So Gonzaga West coast conference stay there with, and I think they have, don't they compete in a couple of different conferences as far as sports are concerned? I want to say like there's, Maybe some of their sports, Mountain West, some WCC, I'm not 100% sure. But as far as basketball, moving to the WCC, you're going up, obviously, a huge level in the Big 12. They already play an incredible non-conference slate. So I wonder if they do join, if Mark Few will have to pull back on that, knowing that you're going to play an incredibly competitive conference slate. That you don't yeah, want to put yourself in a big hole. What do you think?
2: Uh, I would think that they would. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, mean, I think he plays the non-conference because they know they need the quality wins.
1: Because of the lack of conference, with, with the try... exception of maybe St. Mary's.
2: So if you don't have to worry about that, then yeah, I would say it's that he would. They would probably change their approach. This it would, Friday makes sense to yeah? do that.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, this Friday night, Memphis, Tulane, six o'clock. Simmons Bank, Liberty Stadium, huge game. You can argue it's the biggest game for Ryan Silverfield as the head coach of the Tigers. Obviously, he took over from Mike Norvell and coached the team in the Cotton Bowl, which was a huge game. But let's be honest, Memphis was not expected to win that game. He just had a coaching change. The expectations weren't really high. Ryan has had other big, important games. He's had some big non-conference clashes, especially with SEC opponents. So it's not as if he hasn't played and coached in big games. But when you look at everything that's on the line, so far this season has gone, I would say, pretty much what people expected. Maybe not the team itself. The Tigers probably expected to be 5-0, but had the loss obviously at Mizzou in St. Louis. But Tigers fans, looking at it realistically, probably looked at that schedule and said, yeah, I, th- I think we'll be 4-1. and one. And it wasn't outlandish, and they're 4-1. and one. But this is the game right now that could play a huge factor in who plays in the conference championship game. The New Year's Six still certainly a factor with the American conference champion, whoever that may be. You're playing a two-lane team that right now is the best football program in the conference, a team that went to the Cotton Bowl last year, a team that won the Cotton Bowl last year, a team that was expected to win the conference championship this year, a team's head coach who was sought after by a number of programs, decided to stay uh, talent up and down that roster, including a terrific quarterback who I think is destined for the National Football League. Last year, you were down thirty-five nothing in a blink of an eye in New Orleans. Thirty-five nothing.
2: I would not recommend doing that this year.
1: No. No. It was it was something that I mean, you had to be there to really I mean to see it, to believe it, that what was happening in front of your very eyes. Obviously you could have watched it on television, but just to be there and just hear the sights and the sounds all bad from the Memphis bench and all ecstatic from the Tulane sidelines and from the stands you thought, oh my gosh, what is going on? And then the Tigers, to do what they did in the second half, offensively, to limit Tulane defensively, to make it a heck of a game, they end up losing in the end 38-28. to Well, now you got them at home. Since 2000, the Tigers have played Tulane eight times at home. They have won all eight times. I know every year is different. Every roster is different. I understand that. You are a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Vegas thinks you're going to lose the game, or at least they give Tulane the nod, and rightly so. I don't think anybody's surprised that Tulane is the favorite for this football game, but this is the opportunity. We talked about it from the beginning of the season, from the preseason, all summer long. When you looked at that Memphis Tigers schedule, it was so advantageous for them. If they could play the right way, if these players that they brought in could make impacts, which they have, when you have Tulane and SMU at home on your schedule, you don't play Texas, San Antonio. Not that there's not other pitfalls in, on this schedule. There certainly are, but you look at that schedule and go, "Wow, this, th- we got to take advantage of this schedule. This is their opportunity. Uh, you you can't do anything right now, but." Go out there and win this football game. There's no, there's no hiding. There's no excuses. This is your opportunity right now to seize control of the conference. It doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't wrap up anything. But, my gosh, it is a major step forward. Plus, think about the excitement of the fan base with a team that would be 5-1, 2-0 in the conference, having beaten Tulane, a team that's been in the top 25 this year. Moving forward uh, you're going to have, I think, a lot of fan support. So there is a lot on the line. And going back to my original statement, you can argue that this is the most important game and the biggest game for Ryan Silverfield.
2: Yeah, again, I mean, the, just the way it has gone the last couple of years, they just haven't played huge, you know, real huge game. They just haven't been competing for the conference title. This is a game that, while early in the year, every indication is that Tulane is going to be the, one of the teams competing for the conference title. So getting a win over them, getting the tiebreaker against them um, would be massive. Gives you a great track to the conference championship game, which is that you want, you want to get in that, give yourself the shot to be that um, highest ranked conference champion. And uh, from the group of five to get into one of those new year, six bowl games. If you lose this game, you could still make the conference championship game. Certainly. Um, but with a win, you've got a really nice path to that conference championship game.
1: Yeah, and look, Tulane's going nowhere, right? Tulane is staying in the conference. SMU's the team that's leaving. They're going to the ACC. So for Memphis to take that step, that step up, and look, I, I believe that from a football standpoint, there are some valuable programs that I think have a chance to take that next step. I think Tom Herman, if he hangs around a while at Florida Atlantic, we know what Lane Kiffin was able to do down there. I think Florida Atlantic is a good football program. I think Trent Dilfer will do a really nice job at UAB. Uh, I thought maybe there's life in South Florida's program, although you wouldn't know it from last week and what UAB did to them. It's not a great conference. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. It's not a great conference, but from a football standpoint, even losing SMU, UTSA, they had their issues early in the season when Frank Harris was out, but we know they're a good, solid football program. you got to make the most of it. And it's unfortunate you lost the teams that you lost. But not too bad football. Basketball-wise, it's a whole different ballgame. Basketball-wise, you've got Memphis and Florida Atlantic, and who knows how how long Florida Atlantic will be able to sustain it and how long Dusty May will even hang around. Um, The rest of those programs are all okay. Which is all state? Can they ever be what they once were? Maybe. But I think it's a lot harder for basketball. Whereas the Tigers in basketball should be looked at as the top team every single year, every, bar none, every single year. Football, you want to get to that point. You're not at that point. But that's why beating Tulane goes a long way to try to establish yourself down the road as the bell cow of this conference and football as well. It's doable, it's possible. And again, you lost a lot of talent from last year's team. But I thought this coaching staff did a really good job in bringing the players they did through the transfer portal. And again, you're limited. We understand the whole NIL deal. Tulane, they have more resources. SMU, we know they have more resources. I was on the men for my operation, and I saw that story about Utah and the trucks to all the players. I mean, are you kidding me? How about Bob Stoops? on his radio show for Kentucky after getting thrashed by Georgia. Mark Stoops. Who did I say? Bob. Bob Stoops. Mark Stoops, quote, fans have the right to complain. I give it to them. I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those dudes are doing. I can promise you, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players on and on and on about Georgia. That's Kentucky with all the money they have, right, complaining about what Georgia has done. Well, Memphis wishes they were in Kentucky's financial situation. So to do what they did to bring in the players that they did, I thought they did a very good job in finding the players who they thought could step in and then being able to sign those players. And so now we're seeing them pay dividends on the field because they have been difference makers so far. A lot of them have, not everyone, but a lot of them have for this Tigers team. But I I can't emphasize it enough for fans that are lukewarm about football for tiger fans that have kind of been on the fence or others that have been with them and then have kind of jumped off and jumped back on this is it friday night this is huge i can't i know there's high school football but not as much because it's fall break but there are some big games christian brothers mus is one of them but hopefully Those players, their their parents will take them to the game. They'll go watch what will hopefully be a great football game. It's nationally televised as well. It's an ESPN game. We'll talk with Jeff Crane here in just a few moments where we stand as far as ticket sales and things of that nature. Obviously, it increased for the Boise State game to get over the 30,000 threshold. But Friday night, ESPN, national TV, the whole national picture I mean, you can't get any bigger when you really combine everything that's going into play in this particular game.
2: We do have a correct answer in our Humdingers trivia question. Uh, The question was, who holds the NFL record for most career touchdown receptions of 50 or more yards? Um, Two very popular answers, which I figured would be very popular answers. Um, In Randy Moss, which uh, he has... His career, he had twenty-nine of those of fifty or more yards. He actually is in third place on the list. Nobody mentioned the guy who's actually in second place, I don't think. Uh, let me make sure. Yeah, nobody mentioned the man who was in second place on the list. That is Deshaun Jackson. But a lot of folks did get the correct answer. And it really It has to be, right? It is Jerry Rice. It is Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice had thirty six. Deshaun Jackson thirty three. Randy Moss twenty nine. So Jamar Chase with seven. Again, only in year three. It's still a long way to go to get to the uh, to the goat. Uh, but on his on a on a good track with seven already in early in his third season in NFL. All right, Zach. We do have a two way tie of guys who got it in with this at the same time. There was a lot of correct answers but many of them did not come in in time, but two did. So, Zach, let's go um, blue or gray? Both. No. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot do that. We can, we're not calling it a This is not a preseason NBA game. We are uh, not calling it a tie. We are actually going to decide it on like what they should have done. It makes things so much easier. I promise you, dude. <laughs> uh, let's go with Gray. Great. All right. We will notify our winner and let you know how to get your $25 gift certificate to Humdinger.
1: How many did you say Rice had? 36. Do you have a list, by the way, in front of you or just the, the... I just have the top three. I wonder how many John Taylor had playing alongside Jerry Rice. When you had Joe Montana and Steve Young for all those years throwing the ball to those two guys, John Taylor out of Delaware State University, one of the most underrated receivers there's ever been in the National Football League played in the shadow of Jerry Rice and understandably so I, I will argue to him blue in the face Jerry Rice is the goat he's the greatest player ever Tom Brady the greatest quarterback Jerry Rice is the greatest player that has ever played the game but John Taylor man to have him on the other side for Montana and Young whoo I guarantee a JT had double digits I would have to think you looking that up
2: uh, well, he only had 43 career touchdowns.
1: But I, but all of them seem to be bombs. So, yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, it always seemed like it was long a long touchdown for John John Taylor.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't have his.
1: number. Okay, that, I'll, I mean, I'll see I if I find that career. So okay, maybe I can find that during the break. Uh, second hour of the program is brought to you by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. They are your family's jeweler. 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and Saint Nick, and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. The holidays are coming. Christmas is right around the corner. There will be people getting engaged over the Christmas holiday. And right now you're deciding what to do for that special engagement ring. And as I always say, look, there's a number of different jewelers. Take a look at all of them. But make sure James Gaddis Jewelers is one of them. James has been in the business a long, long time. And many folks that I know, including Eli, have purchased engagement rings, wedding rings from James Gaddis Jewelers. They are full-service jewelers with two bench jewelers ready to serve you. And check this out. All their diamonds are independently graded and certified. They know there's a lot of competition, so they make sure there's a price point to suit everyone's budget. You may want to go $25,000 on your diamond ring. You may want to go $5,000 on your diamond ring. Whatever the case may be, they have something that will fit your budget. Uh, They have been serving Memphians and Mid-Southerners in that same East Memphis location for a quarter century. Before that, they were on Summer Avenue. But maybe you're not getting engaged. Maybe you're just looking for that special gift for that special someone. Well, how about a beautiful watch from James Gaddis Jewelers? Bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pendants, gemstones of all types, custom-made jewelry, plus a state and vintage jewelry, and they're always adding to their collection. They have it for you at James Gaddis Jewelers. Two repair experts for fine watches and jewelry. Layaway and financing is available. They'll buy your diamonds, gold, silver, and they'll give you top dollar for it. It's James Gaddis Jewelers, 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and Saint Nick and on the web at gattisjewelers.com. When we return, we're talking University of Memphis Athletics with Jeff Crane. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
3: Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows. Stay up to date with station events and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ.
0: Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston. And Eli Savoy.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Halfway home on this Tuesday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. I tried diligently during the break to to find that stat about John Taylor.
2: If I count correct, he had 13 in the regular season, one in the postseason.
1: 13 you got? Okay, so it was more, like I said, more than double digits. That's pretty impressive. He averaged like 16 yards per catch. I mean, what a great B player to have Alongside Jerry Rice. Of course, they had weapons all around on that San Francisco 49ers team.
2: Actually, let me correct that because two of those are punt returns. So that would be, so take that down. 11. Make sure that I didn't count any other punt returns. Yeah, those are all the,
1: all the others receiving. Yeah, so. So 11 over 50 yards. That's still incredibly impressive. What's also impressive is we're going to talk to Jeff Crane.
3: It's time to talk Memphis Tigers athletics. Joining Greg and Eli is University of Memphis Deputy Athletics Director Jeff Crane. Here's Jeff with Greg and Eli. We talk University of Memphis
1: Athletics each week with Jeff Crane. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75. He's the University of Memphis Deputy AD. Although last week, Jeff was uh, not with us. Last week You skipped out on us last week, Jeff. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be
4: docked. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you not docking my pay uh, and uh, and giving giving me giving me Tuesday off. But but I do appreciate the fact that you guys are now comparing me to NFL wide receivers. I think you really missed the mark when you when you're doing that. You have that breakaway speed. What do you got? A four three forty. At least.
1: (laughs) All right. So we've been uh, look starting to to get ready for Friday. Of course, we'll rev it up the rest of the week here on Sports Fifty Six Mornings. We'll have Coach Silverfield on Thursday. I was kind of throwing this around that this you could argue that this is the biggest game of Ryan Silverfield's Memphis Tigers head football coaching career.
4: Yeah, I mean this is this is a big one. You know, this is the. This is why you, you play the games and put yourself in a position to to make these games big games and uh, and the fact that we've uh, been winning and, and our home record uh, certainly proves that uh, when we play at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium our chances are better and when our crowd's bigger our chances are better so uh, big big day it'll it'll solidify who's in first place in the American Athletic Conference and uh, we're we're excited for for Friday night at six. 6 p.m.
2: So the ticket sales for this game. I know there Ryan Silverfield that uh, there was what 2,500 tickets that he got and were distributed. What, where do where do you think think where do things stand right now as far as tickets?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think that shows you the importance of, of the game and, and the importance of having fans in the stands when Coach Silverfield uh, really put his money where his mouth is, so to speak, and bought those 2,500 tickets and. We distributed those uh, two at a time, and they were gone in just a little over an hour. So, a lot of interest in the game. But um, the overall ticket sales are trending uh, similar to what we saw at Boise State. Uh, So, we anticipate uh, we'll have a a similar crowd uh, to that to that one, uh, which was phenomenal. And, And our student attendance has been has been tremendous all season long. Some of the best we've seen in a number of years, and. Our marketing folks are, are, are throwing a lot at the students, giving away AirPods and iPads and all kinds of fun things for students uh, on Friday night as
3: well.
1: A, a topic that we have discussed many times over the years, and, and hopefully, once renovation begins, we won't be worried about it for the future. But is the the, the cameras and the camera television angle that that ESPN mainly ESPN has? during broadcasts and has for, for many years. When the uh, USFL came to Memphis with the showboats, they would have the cameras on the other side facing the home crowd, and it looked like it was a really good crowd, whereas with the cameras facing the opposing side, unless it's a an SEC opponent, let's be honest, where there's 45, 50,000 people in there, and there's been other games that Memphis has had, but there's only been a few of those. Uh, it, it doesn't look as good. Why, why is, has ESPN, and I believe it's an ESPN decision, refused to move those cameras to give you, from, again, from a national perspective, uh, 30,000 people in a stadium that's 38,000 or holds 40,000 looks pretty darn good, but in a cavernous stadium that seats 65,000 it doesn't look as good, especially when they got the cameras aimed toward the opposing side. Why has that never changed with ESPN?
4: Yeah, I think it's been more of an infrastructure issue, uh, more than, than anything. Um, one of the many positive byproducts of the stadium renovation is going to be, uh, moving all those cameras, uh, to that east side, uh, to, to, to not only get, get a larger crowd, but, uh, get the view of Memphis and get the view of our, of our newly renovated stadium, uh, will be best from that, from that east side. In fact, we're, uh, having conversations, uh, Today on that on that very topic, and have been in conversation with ESPN uh, very consistently on what we're doing there, and they're fully supportive and, and ready to, to make that, that move.
2: The uh, yesterday you had the basketball teams doing their media day as well, and all the preseason predictions coming out. Men picked second, women picked fifth in the conference. So media day coming gone now we know that you know basketball is right around the corner as well really getting into a very busy time and certainly some lofty expectations for the men's team and then the, the women's team in, in year one um picked fifth in the conference and, and certainly try to continue that upwards trajectory
4: yeah absolutely uh it's it's that time of year when uh when when basketball is upon us and uh, you can feel that fall air outside which which helps you know that it's uh, basketball season is <laughs> Is right around the corner, and I think we're about uh, about three weeks away from our first exhibition game. So, really excited about that. Hosted a uh, student madness on campus uh, last week, and had uh, over fifteen hundred students uh, sold out crowds for that. So, uh, lots of excitement for our men and women, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to that season getting started soon. And by the way, we still have uh, great seats available uh, from a season ticket standpoint. Our season tickets are, are trending a little bit ahead of where they were uh, last year, which is which is great. Uh, that's both on the men's and women's side. I encourage folks to go to GoTigersGo.com and, uh, and check out the availability on the men's and the women's season tickets.
2: You mentioned the, the student madness, um, and of course the, the, the madness stuff has evolved throughout the years. Do you think that's probably what will be done going forward is kind of focusing it on the students?
4: Yeah, you know, I I do think there's a, uh, you know, what students do, they bring they bring an energy into our venues that you just can't find when they're not there, and so our our coaches, our university and athletics administration has really focused on how do we how do we get more students involved in, in coming to our games and um, you know what that event looks like going forward will probably uh, vary from year to year but um, it felt like this was the 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 right way to do it uh, this particular year and uh, certainly proved to be successful and and uh, and we'd like to do it again if it makes sense
1: what has been the major issue for students in basketball is it the travel down the FedEx forum although you guys I do I believe you provide buses or or ways to get there what what has been the issue over the years
4: yeah, I mean, I, I do think proximity to campus is, is challenging, um, although uh, we do provide buses down to FedEx for them. Uh, but it takes a, takes a quite a commitment of time uh, to, to get on the bus and ride down there and go to the game and ride back. And so we try to make it as simple as possible. Uh, most games last year, and we'll continue to do it, we provide uh, food for them on the bus and uh, make it as easy as we possibly can. Uh, FedEx Forum is certainly a, an incredible venue for us to, to play in, but uh, for students, it's often challenging to, to, to commit the time to, to, to head down there for games. But uh, I think what we saw on uh, last week, uh, there's just a lot of excitement for basketball and, and looking forward to that season getting started.
3: The,
2: with basketball tickets overall, how does, how does it work for students as far as tickets are concerned for basketball games?
4: Yeah, we put out a um, put out an, an email to students um, each week uh, when we have games, and they go online and, and claim their tickets, and we send them to them digitally, uh, very similar to, to how uh, a, any other fan might receive their tickets. And uh, student tickets are free, and we always uh, we never want to turn students away. So uh, when we fill up that lower bowl. Uh, we start moving up into the to the upper bowl and, and make sure that every student that wants to come to a game is, is accommodated.
2: Okay, so it is, but the, the the first ones are just those lower bowl seats, and then exactly, and then if you have more needed, then it goes into the upper bowl.
4: That's uh, exactly okay. exactly. Uh, they, lots of demand. We've seen that uh, for several of our games. We've got some awesome opponents coming in to FedEx Forum uh, this season. We have got Virginia coming, Clemson coming, so uh some some new opponents uh non-conference wise that we haven't seen in the past and expecting a lot of interest there.
1: Have they ever thought about moving the students to basically down low behind maybe the visiting bench like we see with a lot of teams, a lot of schools?
4: Yeah, you know, there there's some uh, there are many challenges uh, to that, uh but but certainly something that uh as as changes uh come in, in FedEx Forum in the future. Uh We'll, we'll look at all kinds of different scenarios. Anytime you can get students closer to the floor or closer to the opposing team uh, is, is a real advantage. So uh, we're always looking at, at creative solutions there for sure.
1: All right, a couple of other things before we let you go. Women's uh, soccer, nationally ranked, got another big match coming up. Uh, they have been on fire.
4: Yeah, in, incredible what uh, what. Brooks Monaghan, and his staff and the student athletes have have done up to this point this season and you know if you look back uh, early in the season the the quality of their non conference opponents uh, is really spectacular and has put them in a position where uh, when they get into conference play they're they're well prepared so um, excited for, uh, for for their season and and uh, you know still still lots of soccer left to play but. Uh, sitting in a good spot Uh, I think this week we're number six in the country which is just just awesome it really feels like uh, that program you know always been a top 25 program but uh, this year consistently being in the top 10 uh, really puts us in a in a new category uh, for women's soccer so excited for for what's to come there and um, and looking forward to to the match coming up
1: yeah those matches are free right the they are.
4: We have all of uh, all of our uh, men's and women's soccer matches there on South Campus are free.
1: Other than
2: basketball, do you know what what other programs at any point have been ranked in like the top five?
4: Mm, that's a great question. Uh, I I do not know the answer to that one. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to find out and text you so you can tell all your listeners before you get yeah, off I... the air. I don't know the answer to that.
2: I don't, obviously, basketball has. I don't, you know, I don't. I was one that just kind of hit me when you said ranked sixth. Obviously, obviously they're they're knocking on the door of that. I
1: don't know if there has been, um, but yeah, I'll be uh, interested to know as well. Um, have you guys set a grand opening date yet for the Leftwich Tennis Center?
4: Yeah, that's uh, that's coming soon. Um, uh, it's, we're we're finalizing what that date uh, will be, uh, working with the city, obviously uh, on that, and uh, anticipate some some more information will come out on that in the next uh, 2 weeks uh early November is uh is what it's targeted for uh right now and and we're so excited about about that facility and what it's going to bring our men's and women's tennis programs by the way if anybody was ranked in the top 5 it might have been our uh, men's tennis program so that's what maybe the first one I'll check but um but uh but yes uh that facility will be will be open uh you know likely in the next uh, six weeks.
1: All right. I saved the uh, toughest topic for last. You talked a little bit about the the stadium that you got another meeting today as we continue moving forward. But uh, as you know, and everybody knows, we have a new mayor who will take over in early January. There's new councilmen and other politicians that have been voted in. We're sitting here in October now. And I I know that Laird had told us on the air several weeks ago that there was a, a deadline or there would be a delay in the start of the uh, renovations to Simmons Bank Liberty stadium. So where the heck do things stand right now, Jeff?
4: Yeah, you know, those conversations continue. Uh, and obviously we have some uh, really uh, well-positioned uh, people at the university, uh, Laird, the president and, and others uh, that are involved in these conversations. And uh, we remain optimistic uh, that that we'll be in a position to, to start, uh Moving Earth, so to speak, uh, right after the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and and get the stadium ready to go uh, for the 2025 season. So uh, that that's still our focus. Uh, we're regularly uh, planning for that and uh, spending a lot of time with the city in order to put those plans in place. So we're 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 ready to go. But obviously, our focus right now is that is that game on on Friday night, and we want to want to get fans there and. First ten thousand are get a Memphis football jersey koozie, so uh, so we want to make sure everybody gets there gets there early and and is ready to go.
1: GoTigersGo.com, best way to get the tickets.
4: Yes, sir. GoTigersGo.com. dot com, and uh, you could also walk right up there on on Friday when you see that it's a beautiful weather day and you're looking for something to do on on Friday evening. Just just walk right up and uh, we'll sell you a ticket.
1: He is Jeff Crane, University of Memphis Deputy Athletics Director. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75 and catch him every Tuesday talking Memphis Athletics right here on Sports 56 Mornings. Thank you, Jeff. We'll see you on Friday.
4: Thanks, guys. Go Tigers, go.
2: Right now, looks like uh, forecast calling for a high of 82 on Friday. Low of 55, so it should be very, very nice night. For a game on Friday night,
1: yeah, I think yesterday there was a slight chance of precipitation, but I think that's gone. If I'm not mistaken, could always return though. It's forecasting. Yeah,
2: there's a uh, they they don't no rhyme or reason. Three days, four days down the road, who knows? And it's Friday the 13th, so wonder if anybody's wonder if either of these teams is superstitious.
1: Uh, well, Ryan was asked that yesterday in his presser. I know Ryan's superstitious. I could tell you that, but I don't know how superstitious when it comes to. Uh, Friday the 13th. I know I love Friday the 13th.
2: Moving can be stressful, folks, but Black Tie Moving is there to help you and help take that worry and stress out of the process for you. You want to make sure you get the professionals to help you when you've got to move and the right professionals. Well, that's Black Tie Moving. All you need to do, give them a call at 901-316-6196 or Go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. Talk with them. They work with you, coming up with a plan along with you that fits both your needs and your budget. And you'll get a no-obligation quote up front from the experts, the professionals at Black Tie Moving. Don't try and do it yourself. Don't ask your friends to help you. Get the professionals to help you from Black Tie Moving. Again, 901-316-6196 or blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis.
1: You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56.
3: Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
0: Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour, brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again. Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
1: If you missed it earlier, topic for tomorrow's five favorite things your five favorite television moms of all time, your five favorite. Television moms of all time. Five favorite things will do that tomorrow. Monday Night Football last night, if you missed it, Las Vegas over Green Bay 17-13. Both teams now 2-3. and three. And in the National League Divisional Series playoffs, the Braves beat the Phillies, come from behind style 5-4 to even that series at one. Meanwhile, Arizona doubled up the Dodgers 4-2 to grab a 2-0. Surprising 2-0 series lead in that best of five.
2: What, when, when Castellanos hit the ball, what was your reaction? Did you think it was gone?
1: I had $5 on Castellanos to hit a home run. I didn't think it was gone. I, I knew he had hit it well. And then as I watched and it kept carrying and I, and I saw um, Harris track it down, I go, this is definitely over his head. It's not gone. It's over his head. It's off the wall. We're going to tie this game up. He made a great catch.
2: Then what was your reaction when you saw that Harper was, was nowhere near first base? <laughs>
1: I knew he's, I knew he was going to be, get doubled up. I didn't know it went through two middle infielders before Riley picked it up. And I was, you know, I was cussing, of course, and then went on Twitter and refrained a little bit. I don't know what I did. Um, I think I put the emoji where the guys like got all the letters and he's he's cussing, but didn't say anything too bad. But yeah, I was, I was not happy. Uh, you had the list earlier about the Grizzlies players and where they're ranked in the preseason rankings. ESPN is releasing their rankings. And they're down to the... They went from 100 to 50 today. And then they'll have their top 50, I assume, tomorrow or next week, whenever it is. But I was just kind of scrolling through it to see how many of the Grizzlies are on here. As you talked about, one list had the five starters for the Grizzlies. That's when Ja comes back. All the presumed starters, all in the top 100. Well... I did not see Steven Adams, and I know he's not going to be a top 50, so Adams is definitely not in the ESPN top 100 rankings. Desmond Bain is number 61. He's number 61. Um, And the little synopsis on him, why he could exceed his ranking in 23-24. Elite shooters whose games are as well-rounded as Bain's are hard to find. He joined Steph Curry and Kevin Durant as the only players in the league to average at least 20 points, five rebounds, and four assists while shooting better than 40 percent from three-point range. It's a good bet that Bain, 25 years of age, will keep getting better. His scoring, rebound, and assist averages have increased significantly each season. So
2: they don't have Marcus Smart in the top or in there. About to get him. Get okay. to him.
1: that would match
2: Desmond Bain's. That would that's uh, that would match Bleacher Report. Um, who had Bain at 61 as the lowest ranking for Bain, um, with the average being 46.
1: Yeah, so we talked about Marcus Smart and the rankings earlier in the show, folks. An interesting conversation. Well, Bain is ahead, I mean, is behind Smart. Marcus Smart is at number 59, according to ESPN. Mm-hmm. So two spots ahead of Des Bain. Here's what they say about Marcus Smart. Oh, it just says one game to watch this season. February 4th at Boston, of course. This will be a day to remember inside TD Garden where one of the most beloved players in recent Celtics history will make his return. It'll be a guaranteed love fest for number 36, who had been the heart and soul of the Celtics for the past nine years.
2: So that goes... What was the number again for him?
1: Uh, he's 59.
2: So that uh, almost the highest ranking, but CBS Sports had Smart at 56. But that is the only one that had Smart ranked ahead of Bain, um, so that's interesting because you know, that's well ahead of most of Smart's rankings. And again, one of them didn't even have Smart in the top 100.
1: Yeah, a lot more respect for Marcus Smart. Um, and again, the only thing I can think of is the one person who did not have Marcus Smart in his top 100 was the thought that maybe they believe Marcus Smart, who is a obviously a gifted player, does not figure out to be more instrumental in what the Grizzlies are doing especially defensively that he's not adding as much to the team where he did in Boston. That's the only thing I could think of. I don't know how you can leave a guy off who is a great defensive player, obviously has won a defensive player of the year award in the NBA and is a pretty darn good offensive player as well. So who would where would you guess again going with kind of the averages that you've seen in other listings and other rankings? What do you think ESPN will do with Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr.? Obviously, they're two top 50 players. They will be on that list. Where will they be? I
2: don't think Jaron will be around 35 and Ja around 15.
1: You're not going to give me a specific, <laughs> just a guess out of the hell of it? No.
2: I mean, it's, that's that's the average. I'll go with the, go with the average.
1: I think Jaw will be number 17. I have no idea. I'm just throwing out 17 uh, when this comes out again. I'm not sure when it will come out. Could be tomorrow. Could be next week. But that would be four Grizzlies in the top one hundred. Actually, four Grizzlies in the top sixty one. Think about that.
2: Which is what CBS Sports has them.
1: Again. Yeah. I mean CBS Sports
2: has four in the top fifty-six.
1: Four in the top fifty-six. So for example, oh I don't know. Let's use uh, let's use Phoenix because Phoenix is kind of the hot team topic during the offseason. Durant Top 50, right? You'll have Booker top 50, and again, they're going to be towards the top. And Bradley Beal will be top 50. Who are their other projected starters? Oh, Jurkic, who they picked up in the trade. He will probably, and I'm not sure if he was ranked in 50 to 100. I I don't remember seeing Jurkic; He could have been in there. But I don't think he's a top 50 guy. Who's the other guy they're going to start? You know, Zach? Is it a Kogi? Is it uh, Josh Akoji? Kogi, Yeah, Kogi. Kogi Is he the other penciled starter? I think so. For you Phoenix? Might,
4: yeah. I mean, he might be coming off the bench, though.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who the other uh, the starter would be. He's not going to be a top 100 guy. No. So they would have less than the Grizzlies. The Golden State Warriors. Steph. Is Clay even a top 50 player anymore? Ah, uh, he might be. He's, like, fringe. And I haven't really, again, I, I don't remember seeing him. I imagine he's 50 to 100. Draymond will be somewhere, you would think, 50 to 100, right? Yeah. Wiggins. Wiggins.
4: Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure? Yeah. And then will they start Looney? I think mean, they have to. Right, and Looney won't be. I'm kind of rolling through the ESPN list here. Jordan Poole's on the list. Of course, they traded Jordan Poole. I'm up to 75, going going toward 100. I have not seen any of those warriors. Obviously, again, Steph and Clay and Trey uh, Adre will probably be all top 50. I would think. I mean, Steph's going to be top five probably. Um, I don't see. Let's see. So I don't know the Grizzlies with four players in the top 61. And on the list that you were talking about top 56. And there's not going to be many teams with four guys that are that high to be honest with you, right? Yeah, I don't see down to 98, 99, Kyle Sexton, Valanchunas is 99 by the way, former Grizzly. What Mid- about Mitchell Robinson's 100? Yeah, Celtics if imagine is is Tatum, Brown, Porzingis. Porzingis and then Drew is a, is kind of fringe. Yeah, yeah, they should have four in the top 100. I don't again four in the top one hundred. I'm not sure if they well they've got
2: uh, I don't Derek White's ranked in, the top, in pretty much all of these are the top one hundred.
1: So you okay. could you could have five guys actually yeah. with the Celtics so they, yeah. and I, Robert
2: Williams is ranked or they got of Robert Williams so
1: yes yeah he was ranked in this one like towards the uh, towards 100. last
2: year I think last year they would have had five top one hundreds yeah, yeah. They, they I don't know, well, I don't know if Derek White would have been ranked top one hundred last year or not before before the season. Because Smart would have been. I don't know if Derek White would have
1: been. And Denver will have probably four, I would think, if Gordon's in there. Porter will be in there. And, of course, you know, Jokic and and Murray will be in there. So, again, the Grizzlies right there as far as starters. No question about it. All right. That's two hours for us in the books. When we come back, hour number three, we will be busy. Rich Duncan will join us. Rhodes football coach Blake Topmeyer, SEC columnist for USA Today Network. We'll continue to take your texts on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.